Greetings, audience, and welcome to another episode of the Dart Jam Podcast. As always, I am Boomstick Mods, and with me, I have... Me, Nate. And Spud Spadoni. And today, we're going to be talking about reviews. It's something that is very prevalent in our hobby, and uh, there's a lot of thoughts about what goes into them. What makes a good one? What makes a bad one? And it's going to be a very interesting topic. But first, uh, what's everybody been up to? Uh, I actually brought all my blasters to a uh, STEM expo at my school. Uh, mm. That was a lot of fun. Just I, How did my, that go around? I think I had the most people out of everyone at my table. Just everyone wanted to try everything. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because sometimes I'll be in a situation where I'm like, wow, there's so many people and the only thing they care about is just like shooting stuff and not actually about like what you're doing. I feel like they, they were interested in the overall stuff. Like, oh yeah. yeah, this is this thing. And like, there's a whole hobby around this. Um, I actually, so speaking of that earlier that week, I uh, finished my uh, Solenoid Meowser. So uh, that's out now. Mm. Oh, Super is that the solid one blaster. you, you made the box it. for? Uh, no, that is the, that I can talk about now because this episode won't be coming out before, uh, oh, the nice. client gets it. Um, so that box <laughs> was for, Spud's going to speed edit this way. I'm going to edit it in tomorrow. two hours. Yeah. It, okay. If it's out tomorrow, <laughs> then okay. The, Redacted. The, the client's given me permission to post, <laughs> post pictures of it now. So like, I'll, it'll be fine. Hey but, client, um, don't watch this until next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it's getting to them Sunday, so I'll, I'll be fine. Um, the box was for a blaster, a custom blaster that I'm calling the STF Quick. Uh, it's basically a heavily, heavily modified Quick, which is a little annoying now that uh, mm. OFD is making a new Quick, which incorporates a lot of the things that I was thinking that I did. Damn. Um, it's got like a fluted barrel. It's got like a orange compensator, which I was really proud of doing. It's got. Uh, it's actually got a window in the top, so you can look at the dyed flywheels. That's that's a thing that I did. Um, did I mention I nearly burned my kitchen in the process doing that? Oh, my bo- boy. What are you doing over there? Yeah, acetone and open flame don't really uh, mix that well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, crap. Yeah, I just think? realized my dad listens to this podcast. Um, Hi, Dad. Uh, hey, how do we make You heard nothing. <laughs> <laughs> let's not google that for the viewers don't google that um you might get on a list anyway it's a uh, uh yeah the anarchist's uh, cookbook uh <laughs> anyway yeah it, it's got a bunch of like really cool like one-off features and uh i'm a little upset that it's uh i i am adamant that it's only going to be a one-off uh because i really really like it and a lot of the features that it has and i kind of want them for my own quick so now i gotta worst? redesign all of them it's hmm? like giving a good gift, and you're like, I really just want this myself, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like giving a <laughs> child away. It's like, no, hmm, my baby. Is it? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't really this know. This thing was I'm... with me for six months. I, you know, we bonded. I'm, yeah, I'm not, like, I know it's super common to just, like, put a bring a child to Goodwill or something, but I haven't had that. Oh, experience. my God. And as we all know... It only takes six months to have a child. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. In, uh, in, and maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, in you rat, would know, boom. In, in rat world. <laughs> 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 I 
anyway. the dark side of the force is the pathway Anyways. to many abilities some would consider to be unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice. my word. I'll take a good prequel meme. Do you have anything else you want to talk about for your week or uh let's see, STEM Expo, Anoid Mauser, uh and uh STF Quick. I'm pretty sure that's it. Oh, after like a year I finally did maintenance on my uh my Prusa Mini. Oh, nice. Yay. Maintenance? What's that? What? Ma- oh, maintenance? Yeah. Yeah, you're telling oh, me ma- I haven't printer touched maintenance. <laughs> like I've only unclogged my nozzle on mine. I've never done anything else. Oh my god, I'm so sick and tired of printing TBU because like every time I just mess up one oh. thing and it just completely kills mm. my bed. TPU and wood, I just don't even want to touch. Yeah, I don't want to clean pulp I, out of I don't my. I even like, like dealing with Pet G personally. Yeah, I mean, I I have a roll of Pet G that I haven't cracked open in like two years because I'm just like, uh, not a good experience with it. I have a roll of ABS if you want it. No, thank you. <laughs> I just want easy printing and like. God, that... I ordered it on Amazon and then I forgot to return it. How many window, freaking rolls of of filament do I have at this point? I've got like thirty rolls. My God, racks on racks on over there. Yeah, everywhere is filament, See, man. Got to keep on. If you're keep ever on wondering about the color scheme of my blasters, it's usually just whatever filament I happen to have. Yeah, in the that's yeah. kind of why I haven't done my links yet because I'm just like I don't have money to buy like special filament, and I don't want to print yeah, shitty. That's another colors. problem. Uh, like, say you have like a leftover roll, you're like, oh yeah, I'll just finish this out on like this blaster, and then you like break apart, and you're like. Well, heck, I don't want to buy a whole nother roll. Yeah. Yeah. That is the one nice thing about shelf head blasters is you can just use up old rolls just printing shells. I've got a whole bunch of, like, multicolored shells just finishing out filament. Yeah. That was, like, I did one order one time with an orange that, like, after this order, I wasn't going to use it anymore. And I needed, like, three more parts made. So I bought, like, three test rolls of that color because I didn't want to buy yeah. a full roll. <laughs> I was just, like, using these mini rolls to finish it because I was, like, I don't need another full roll of this shit. Yeah, uh, don't. <laughs> I actually did that with um, with the STF. Is It's basically got this inner, like, gold barrel kind of thing. It's a fluted barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't going to buy an entire roll of gold filament for that. Uh, so yeah. I basically just bought a, a sample roll and was good yeah, to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It works. Buy, buy for what you need. Um, yeah. Don't be like me and just like buying rolls that like, oh, I might use in the future. Especially gold, which is like very hard to mix with things. I don't know. I, I make it work. The the black, white, and gold. That's kind of my shtick. That's true. Yeah, the problem is that the original stuff I bought, I think it was... It's zero silk filament, so it's extremely brittle. Like, yeah. Um, for, for the for the STEM Expo, I printed the the lettering of the the poster board. I printed that. Oh uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I remember seeing that. It, it delaminated. The layers delaminated as I was pulling it off the bed. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, silk is pretty finicky, especially if it's Oof. older too. Yeah, this is this is pretty old. And I've I, an I haven't been some, like yeah. dehydrating it or anything. I that is something I need to get eventually. I just take all of my like silica gels and just put them inside them while they're just stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And just hope it does is something. I mean, I my more expensive stuff, all my proto pasta stuff, I keep bagged with uh, silica gel, so that oh, kind of yeah. helps. Uh, but yeah, what have you been up to, Spud? Um, 
I haven't been up to too much. I've been doing some logo commission, which has been nice to do some paid logo work um, since I've been getting into that more heavily recently. Uh, I went to Costco, which is the local event in the Southeast that Flying Chicken hosts, who's a kind of OG, old school guy. So the war is an old school style war. So I don't remember what the acronym is. There's some like weird... Uh, it's it's a weird acronym. Let's just say that it's basically uh, meant to just fit the the word, like the it, it's the yeah. opposite of how it's like, and 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 some sort of conversation about balls in there. But um, you know, uh, it's a event that's like old school NIC, no mags, um, minimal hoppers, nothing, no turrets that have like more than six darts, I think, or something like that. So you can't bring a tomcat, um, and it's just kind of like playing <laughs> like it's twenty twelve. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember someone like modified a links to be bre- breach load only. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was last yeah. year. Um, and he wasn't back this year with it. And I know, like one of our one of our um locals, uh, got like a Nexus Pro and cut the side out of it and just like used oh, yeah. like a mag in there, <laughs> and just like you could just load it from the side, which is pretty. F- They're like so. Like sometimes you'll see some really creative workarounds to kind of convert a new blaster that like automatically works as breach load mag fed blaster into a single action dart at a time thing. Uh, I did really well. I, I, I got some really good hits and stuff and had a lot of fun. I, I bought a GoPro recently on eBay. So that was the first event that I like actually ran a GoPro through and um, learning how batteries work and making sure you have your backup batteries to charge. Everything is a whole thing. So batteries, how do they work? It was cold too, so like my batteries oh, would die they, quicker. They, yeah, they die so quickly. Yeah, like my actual backup battery died, and then I got home, and then it was at like half. And I was like, okay, like thanks. Like I could have used some of this charge when I was like trying to charge my phone and my batteries. <laughs> um, so that was fun. That was like two weeks ago, maybe. Um, what else? I've been. There was like a sale for this weird like knockoff Dart Zone Mark II called a top solid k2 oh yeah that, like, i saw that was on amazon for like 14 bucks before it got delisted so a bunch of us like bought them and i've been making parts for that which is kind of silly because it feels like it's a blaster that's not really like it's not worth making stuff and designing stuff for it but i'm just kind of bored <laughs> so i've been making new muzzles putting because, lipstick on a pig yeah yeah putting some orange tape on a pig here because the the muzzle isn't orange so i've 3d printed <laughs> some new muzzles and everything um and then the big news is I might be moving to Salt Lake City. So Oh wow. Yeah, that oh, could, wow. That could be something, which is why the whole yeah, so I'll be I'll be uh in in the the midst of the Mormons. Um I'm not Mormon, but uh I will be with them for a job. Um but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know when I'll be moving or anything, but I'm pretty much sure I'm going to take that. Which is why like I've been telling people like, "Well, this works out. I guess I'll be going to Ragnar Oktoberfest because I'll be basically a state away <laughs> right um, there yeah which i'll probably fly yeah. but it's a lot easier than being in south carolina so yeah yeah i mean i believe there's a decent nerf community there too from what i understand i that yeah so i just asked someone yesterday and like i just looked at their facebook page and they were like hey next week we're having our hvz event in an abandoned mall and i was like that's that's cool nice. <laughs> i was like hell yes they're like meet at the dillard's i was like dude what i was like this is cool dude so i don't know if it's like 
I don't know the FPS on the stuff they do, but like I'll be down for an HVZ event mm-hmm. that's like 20 minutes away like that. Like that's cool. I'm used to driving three really hours awesome. to Georgia. Yeah, anytime so, you can get local events is uh, it's always really solid. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I can talk about it, but like our area is not going to be, there's not going to be a lot. I don't think there's going to be too many more events in Georgia the way they have been done. So, um, yeah, so I'm kind of like, for me, it's like, you know, I'm not super bummed about moving in that case because it doesn't look like I'll be missing out on mm. too much, but we'll see. We'll see where things go in the next year. But um, yeah, that's kind of all I've been doing since we last recorded, which actually was pretty recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, good luck on the move. Yeah, dude. I mean, shoot, I'll have to move. It's like a yeah. day day and six hours to drive there. And I'm like, <laughs> do I just want to like Ouch. bring a pack of clothes and fly and just like, whatever, I'll buy what I need, you know, like <laughs> that that's going to be a fun drive over there. Well, you'll have plenty of Dart Jam podcasts to keep you kind of company. <laughs> First, yeah. All of like 13 episodes. Don't fall asleep at the wheel, please. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully not. I'll have plenty of long, long roads. I've never been out west before at all. So like I have no oh, idea really? what it's going to be. The farthest west I've been has been Alabama. So. Mm. I think the farthest west I've done is Missouri. Missouri. I mean, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, that's kind of Midwesty. That's yeah. that's closer than Alabama is for sure. But hey, I mean, after this year, some of us will have made it all the way across the other side of the country. Yeah, yeah. and I'll be I'll be a part of the Dart Jam West um, with uh, Meeker and Brandon uh, <laughs> Brandon Diaz. So I'll be yeah. I'll be recording with them and switching sides. How dare you! <laughs> so, boom! What have you been up to? Uh, mostly just more planning for Maryland Mayhem. Uh, as of now, we're it's uh, it's getting closer. Uh, we're still doing more work in preparation for that, but very excited. Uh, continuing to work on blasters and beta programs and all of that fun stuff. Fighting the weather as it is spring. <laughs> I've been seeing some of the updates you've had for the HVZ event, like some of the things you've been printing and badges, and it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> for. I have three printers. Two of them are down. So my last printer, currently up and running, has just been printing these ID badges that my uh, squad uh, use for the uh, big events. So that's cool. uh, I'm trying to get them all done before uh, the uh, HVZ event on Saturday of Maryland Mayhem. I've gotten a good chunk of them done, but I still gotta get more done. Go little printer, go. <laughs> yeah, will you be competing? Or will you will you be moderating? I guess you'll be competing then. Oh yeah, yeah. They, so the way that Maryland Mayhem works out because uh, essentially uh, I'm part of the team that's helping to run the uh, tournament on Friday, the Maryland Phone Tournament, mm. and the Eleventh Hour Blaster Battle, which is the day after. Whereas UMBC is running the HVZ event, gotcha. so I have no part in moderating that. Uh, we're just working together between the two groups to. You're just advertising. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're like we're coordinating with each other so we can put it on these events at the same time and yeah. kind of promote each other, kind of deal. Nice. That makes that's that's a good way yeah. to do it, to be honest. Oh yeah, it worked a while, and that way there's not just one team trying to do everything. As I mean, as it is, it's already been hard enough doing these two events. I can't imagine adding another event on top of that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I did for me. 
Still, still getting ready for Maryland Mayhem. I'll be a lot less stressed after April. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, for sure. Any any reviews coming up? Any anything you've released that uh, are interesting that are worth noting? <laughs> um, I did. I at the time of recording this, I've got a couple of videos out. I've got more. I got a couple more that I got to do. Um, I have blasters that I got to finish building. Uh, I finally got my uh, gears vector fly core completely built now. Like it was functional, but I hadn't finished like putting all the uh, extra bits on it. So that's mm-hmm. up and running now. Uh, I've got a handful of others that just need to be put together. Uh, but Maryland Mayhem has been taking up a lot of my time, so I still have more videos in the works. Um, like I've got a Spectre kit that I've got to do a video on and I've got a Nightingale, two Nightingale kits that I got to do reviews on. So still backlogged as per usual. <laughs> yeah. Backlog. That was the word I was looking for. Backlog. Backlog. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, speaking of reviews, you guys ready to get into the topic? Yeah. DTR. It's almost like, almost like I planned it that way. <laughs> I know. I realized that. Like as soon as you asked me, I'm like, wait a minute. Obvious segue is obvious. Cinema sins ding. God, take that out. That is so cr- No, no, do not do that. I'll just add a real ding there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can put that in the bloopers at the end. Nice. Yeah. So as we all know, that reviews are a big part of this hobby. There's quite a handful of reviewers most of which I would say are on YouTube. You've got a couple of, I wouldn't necessarily call them reviews, but you've also got people on TikTok doing stuff. And there's even a couple of blogs out there reviewing blasters. Uh, the main one coming to mind being, uh, ooh, name just slipped my mind. Somebody help me out. Buff Daddy's one. Blaster yeah. Hub News. Blaster I got Hub, it. Yeah. I got yeah. there. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll cut that out so we didn't actually help you get that. So it sounds like you got it all on your own. So mem- remember when I said I, Blaster Hub News? Yeah, I, I did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> got it. Got We're getting it. really meta here. Spud is going to be able to make us sound confident. I'm like, I'm like, ga- I'm like gaslighting through the episode. <laughs> you are. So there are lots of different forms of reviews, and not just the reviews from one individual. You've also got the reviews of people talking in like the Facebooks and the YouTubes and the Discords. I don't know why I said YouTube. And again. just the little uh, <laughs> star ratings you see under an and Amazon page. Yeah, more like a general consensus. Exactly. Or individual consensus. So the community as a whole really enjoys their blaster reviews. But what makes a good review and what all goes into a, a review that makes it good? Right. I don't know. Do you, Boom, you're the one who really does the reviews here. Do you want to discuss kind of your process when you're reviewing things and how well how you differentiate I mean, we, certain blasters we, or i feel like we could start from i guess a little further back is that why would someone uh you know want to make a review mm. yeah that's a good point well, for the same reason why you see reviews for pretty much any other thing else out there like especially like i see it a lot in like the tech community but it really goes like for everything to where People want to be able to see a review of something actually doing what it's supposed to because, as we know, advertising companies are going to – or companies in general are going to advertise to you 
the best possible quality potentially you could get, or maybe even lie to you, possibly. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We all know so, that in this t- copy. What are what are what are ranges? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, Shoots man. up Anybody to one hundred fifty feet downhill in a, in a with winter. Hundred mile an hour winds blowing yeah. behind you. <laughs> Does anybody else remember that what it used to say on the Centurion box that it said it could get a hundred feet? Was it the Centurion? I, I thought we were probably. talking about Ultra. Yeah, the I cent- feel like I feel like when it's called no, the Centurion. Centurion, they probably wanted that a hundred foot claim. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So this is where the reviewers can come in, and I would say most of the time, give an unbiased review, so people can know how does it actually perform when not being showed off by a marketing company essentially yeah right. i feel like i feel like reviewers and and community members who who just make a post on like a blaster they got early i think are both hitting the same thing where especially when someone's excited about a release and they either want to find out if it's as good as it seems or as bad as it seems it's just about getting the review out first and not as much about getting a good analysis well, and there is some reason for that, especially when it comes to, I'll say, the YouTube and the YouTube algorithm. Getting something out first is incredibly beneficial to your channel. And I guess we can cover this real quick. If you're doing YouTube and you're not just doing it, or if you're looking to make something out of your YouTube, and have it be more than just the little side thing you do for fun with no monetization. It is important that you look at how are your videos being received or how is YouTube treating your videos and are your videos performing well? Because one of the things that really helps your videos and in turn your channel is getting something out first. So there is a very, very big incentive to being the first review of a product because that is going to be what people jump on first, especially in our community. And that is a big factor, especially on YouTube. Yeah. And that's also, it's like, are you doing the review and is, is your point of doing that for the algorithm on YouTube, which I I would in most cases think it is. And is that also mutually beneficial to the actual review and the information you're giving to the hobby? Or is it more beneficial for your algorithm, oh. which I don't think is a problem. I don't think it's wrong, but again, it's the idea of yeah. like if I get this review out first, I get you know the algorithm is going to help me. But am I doing the most cons- like the most comprehensive review? I think it you know it's obviously dependent. So right, it's it's information I versus mean- entertainment. I would say. Mm-hmm. And I can be honest, I have done reviews where I've rushed because I'm trying to get something out first. And even though I take it through the same process, I'm still rushed. So it does affect the review overall. So I would say it does negatively affect the review and the it, it's not a benefit to the hobby for uh, uh, reviewers to have that incentive. But there's not much you can do to combat that without changing the whole YouTube system. I feel like right. it might be good to have like an asterisk where like, hey, like this review I'm giving isn't a comprehensive review. Because like sometimes I feel like, especially with like some people on YouTube, like they're, they're sometimes, at least in like their verbiage, there seems to be like an objecticism with their comments um, where it's like mm-hmm. best blaster of the year. And it's like, 
well, you've only used it for like two days, you know? So it's kind of like, I wish more people would be like, hey, this is my review on it. This is my, <laughs> my, my beliefs on how it works. But like, just note, I've only used it for this many days and like hold yeah. this idea with a grain of salt. Um, and yeah. I think some people don't realize that and they're like, oh, this blaster is the best or this blaster is terrible because they said it is and I'm going to tell the world that and then like that's how the grapevine continues and then like, you know, yeah, I, you know, the, the wrong interpretation is given <laughs> to people. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, how many is... times has something been called the strife killer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Every single semi-auto bla- flywheel blaster is essentially the strife killer. I feel like and I, I mean, are still. I feel like I the spectrum know. was called that, and it didn't really quite take like that. Yeah, it didn't sprout the legs people. I think wish it did, but like I don't know about other communities and stuff. But I feel like our community is very much that, like very like mm. I wouldn't say um, clickbaity, but like it just seems like the YouTube space for a while has kind of been that way, where it's like you know this this is the best thing ever made like no one makes blasters as good as this and i sometimes get annoyed yeah. by that because i'm like i don't know if you could say that claim but i also don't necessarily blame people for doing that because especially for people who make youtube their livelihood yeah. or are trying to do that to again this goes back to the whole like youtube is detrimental for reviews because of the system that you have to work with mm-hmm. yeah and that's what mm-hmm. that's what annoys me when and, that like bleeds over to just like blog posts or like people on reddit mm-hmm. saying how a blaster is and like oh like the nexus pro is killing hasbro Hasbro's dead and i'm like mm, i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's that hyper criticism that i think it it, it it like when you're super hyper critical about something you miss the nuances in, in how a product releases that I think some, and I think any consumer base, like computers do this, video games do this, video game consoles, people do this, where it's like, they miss the nuance and the slight intricacies of how products are different versus trying to figure out what's better. And I think that's not beneficial when you're just, when you're doing a review and your whole like mindset is like, what's better here? Um, unless you're doing a legit comparison, like like Bradley Phillips did a whole dart review recently, which was super awesome because it was like hyper yeah. information heavy and like did real analysis and research and tried to keep like certain variables like like controlled. But if you're just out here like, oh, is Hasbro or Dart Zone better? It's like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you can make that claim. Yeah, I mean, it's different audiences. And here's the thing, the more in-depth the review the more time and energy it takes to yep. make that review. Like, Which is the problem. I guarantee you that that video took so long to make. I guarantee you that that was a really long video. Because, like, I would love to do a video like that because there are more darts on the market now to where, like, you don't see it as much. But, like, the, the space you need, the environment you need, uh, being able to have different blasters. Because, like, just, like, just for the fact that, like, how cool would it be to have, like, a video talking about different darts in each different system? Not even just Springers versus Flywheel versus HPA or whatever, but, like, a direct uh, direct drive Springer versus a turnaround Springer. Like, because yeah. they do perform somewhat differently. And there's so many variables that go into it. But this, obviously, I'm getting in the weeds a little bit talking about darts and reviews and that. Because, like, there's so much you could do 
with that. I mean, even Coop a long time ago did that with full lengths back when I think Coosh starts were still a thing. Yeah. Back when I well, think like, he would test Brit darts. Nerf was like constantly reposting like the dart guide on Reddit every time it, someone was like, what's the best darts I can buy? You know, like I remember right. when that was a thing. So like, obviously there's lots of really neat things you could do, but like when you get really into the weeds, you're really looking at probably a lot of time that it takes to do things. And this is obviously, I'm, I'm probably going to keep hitting on this throughout the whole episode, but like, that's another thing that comes back to YouTube is the it's hurtful for your channel to not be consistent in your uploading schedule mm -hmm. as i've personally been struggling with because <laughs> i'm not the most consistent uploader so that does tend to hurt uh my channel so if you want to spend a lot of time on these really in-depth videos it's taking away from a more regular upload schedule so when you said that, that made me think of something. And I'm going to ask you this this to you, Boom, because, again, you're the person here who's mainly doing reviews on YouTube. Do you feel like mm -hmm. maybe in your perspective, but also in the perspective of people doing this just like you, do you feel like you have a responsibility to make your review as trustworthy and as honest as you can be? Um, or, and do you think that the rest... I wouldn't... Uh, I'm going to be careful about asking this because, you know... Okay. It can be touchy for people, but do you think like the rest of the field is doing that as well? Do you think there is like a level of responsibility that re people who review these blasters are taking? Because again, it's like your your word of mouth can be taken in all sorts of ways, but also the way you see a blaster can also be taken in as many ways, especially if it's like a 3D printed community blaster. Um, so I want to see what your right. thoughts on that are. It's tricky because i will say it depends on the way that you're looking at it because different blasters have different purposes sorry i i'm going off a different tangent let me recenter and answer your question <laughs> <laughs> there like obviously there is that responsibility to giving people the honest review and what your actual opinion is on something and being able to give kind of that full in-depth review of to that way because that's the whole purpose of a review is to be able to show people what they're getting into like that's the whole point of a review so like there yes there is that responsibility to show how these things do and d does everybody do that not necessarily um mm -hmm. like <laughs> That's just tough because, like, you know, obviously, like, I'm not calling out anyone for sure, but it's like, how right, do you like kind I'm of talk to... about that, you know? <laughs> and I'll say this. I'm not perfect at all. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, yes, my reviewing style is the best. These other people don't review as good as me. Review of review styles. That's when... not the case. Yeah, I have my own review style that I like and I think works well. But that's not to say that that's the only style that should be done or that that's even the best style. That's just what I found works for me. Yeah. And for those people who want to get into reviewing, because the more reviews, the better, in my opinion, because then people can look at multiple videos and compare opinions across the hobby as opposed to just getting an opinion from one person, which I know we were talking earlier before we started recording that 
a lot of times in our hobby, you'll see opinions being or people taking opinions from one reviewer because there's not usually a lot of like, whereas you're seeing like the tech industry, you'll see a lot of reviews of one product. Whereas in the nerf community, you'll see what, what maybe two, three at most four of the same product. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that's a maybe. So it's, Good. And the lifespan of blasters is also different too. I'll just before you go, Nate. I'll just say this because, like, with the tech industry, it's like it should work because you're using it generally the way it's supposed to be used. But in our hobby, it's like sometimes we're using the blaster how they're not supposed to be used, and like sometimes things break over time in a different way than like a lot of consumer goods do. And sometimes you don't notice that until like you have a blaster out for like a year, and then it's like, oh, all the catches were like suspect, and we didn't know until like we put enough shots through it, and now like... Right, like the, um, was it the worker Terminator uh, catches? That were, like, I know the Triumph was having issues recently. Oh, um, yeah. The Harrier? It, uh, the Harrier. There was, right, so there apparently was some the Harrier's comment about the Harrier. catch issues. Yeah, um, there was uh, there was an iffy one on that because like, yeah, because it was like few the person... points of data did not line line up. Yeah, yeah, it's it seems like that's also a, a key point where it's like what type of review is like logical. It's like yes, my blaster broke, it sucked, but I also ran it over three times. You know, it's like is that putting it yeah, through the right pieces? Yeah, you won't pieces? have that problem with uh, man's and designs blaster, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. That's the thing where, like, is use case scenario important? Is dem is your demographic important when you're, like, using a Hasbro yeah. blaster and it's like, oh, the plastic is super cheap. I'm like, yeah, well, it's not intended to be, like, a made out of, like, machine Delrin. You know, there's a difference there. Yeah. Right. It's, like, finding the, the niche. Yeah. And this goes perfectly into, like, the fact that Nerf blasters weren't designed for our with our hobby in mind. They were designed for like backyard blaster battles. Like that was that's their target audience. Their target audience is kids. And that's not really what not that our community isn't kid oriented, but the fact is we're not using them the way that they intended on us using them. They definitely weren't intending on us opening them up and throwing heavier springs in them. <laughs> um, and this leads into, like, the whole, like, like my review style in particular, where it's, like, hard for me to have an opinion when reviewing uh, Nerf Blasters because my, my reviewing style is strictly, like, 3D printed stuff. So, like, I tend not to have... Oh, I, I don't feel like I have as much of a... Uh, knowledgeable say in reviewing Nerf products or like Dart Zone products or anything like that because my reviews are like that. So take what I say with a pinch of salt. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry, Nate. Nah, it's it's fine. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. No, I'm I was like going to talk about. Hey, I, I was going to segue into um, what was it like commercial? See, hobby versus corporate blasters. So like, I, but I was going to go there like too. That's good. Right. Yeah. So like I was going to say like with no, now's now's a good time. Now's a good time. Right. So like with um like with the tech industry, there's generally a uh a practice where the the large companies will send out review samples to uh I guess reviewers or, you know, press people and there's a there's an embargo on uh actually talking about it until a certain date. Um 
Then when that embargo is lifted, everyone is moving to post first, which goes back into what you said of being first. So, mm. but like, I feel like as like, you know, we're, I guess a hobby, like, so, and every, everything's a little bit more close knit and we're not these, I mean, generally like the, the community designs aren't like these massive, like corporate, uh, like entities that are like, have the weight to throw around to be like, no, you can't talk about this until we say so. Right. So like, it's generally like everything will come out when it does. So I guess like, what you think would be better? Like, I think an embargo would work better because then like people could have more time to make like a, a higher well, the, comprehensive the, review. Ah, but that's the idea. They don't do that. I know. They make it so that you <laughs> only have so much time. They send the sample yeah. like two weeks before, and then like, all right. Well, two weeks, I mean, I guess, you know, it depends on someone's life, but like two weeks is, I feel like is a decent For our time, stuff but... is is a long time. For like tech stuff, that is not a long time when you're trying to benchmark. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons yeah, right, of right, different right. variables. I also say, this is why a lot of times you'll see in the tech channels, at least the ones that I've been following, you'll see their initial review and then like six months later, they'll say, hey, this is how this thing is held up. Right. But because like, of how fast the tech industry moves, it's like you can't wait that long to see how something is held up before doing your initial review because the next thing is already out right and there's like, more I think money that's in there brandon too. was was talking about getting into is like long format well not long format like lo- long time period testing of like how blasters are holding up mm-hmm. like it might as well because like if if you're not going to beat some of the youtubers that are already like chasing the first release then like find a different niche because otherwise like you're just going to be the the 15th person also trying to get the first review out. Might as well right. like actually give people a reason to watch yours versus seeing the same opinion given multiple times for the same people. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's a good idea, honestly, just from like a marketing for his channel perspective. But um, And this is why, and I've heard multiple nerf tubers say that, even like when I was first looking, getting into making YouTube videos, people were saying like, don't just do what everybody else is doing. Find something for you to do. Like, yes, I'm, I'll use myself as an example. Yes, I'm doing reviews just like a lot of other nerf tubers are. I try to do things a little bit differently, mainly in the fact that I try to take people with me to nerf events. Like I've tried to intertwine. And this is not what I started out with. Like I started out kind of just doing the same thing that everybody else was doing. And, but I eventually over time found a way to find my own style, essentially of what works for me and give people a reason to watch my videos by trying to offer something different. Mm -hmm. Because as you'll see in most nerf reviews and you'll see this, in so many of them and like mine's not that much different so like this is me included you'll see lots of talking with the blaster in hand you'll see usually a general idea of what the blaster is you'll take it to the range you'll get fps claims you'll talk about how comfortable it is that's the basic breakdown of almost every single blaster review right Mm -hmm. to continue that like I think generally, I mean, there's going to be certain outliers with YouTube in general, but like the large group of people making videos on YouTube generally holds themselves to a certain standard because like 
especially if you have your face involved in videos and even like if your name is involved in it, like you're like that is your trustworthiness. That is like if people don't trust you in the community, mm -hmm. that can hurt like you going to events and how people communicate with you and your you know, how you are viewed in this hobby. Um, so I think like even though there isn't really like a standard established, I think like, you know, inadvertently some sort of standard to it, it, on average has been established on YouTube for how to talk about things, especially when there's right. money it's involved. It's like the the format and like sort of tone is is like a de facto thing now. Right. And I think what hasn't really been and as much more just feels like the Wild West sometimes is just like people's opinions on boards on reddits on discord because like generally in a lot of those places they can stay relatively anonymous and they're in mm -hmm. certain ways depending on where they post their opinions can have some decent traction um and it sometimes it depends on who they are but it's like if someone says that this blaster sucks or this person who designed this blaster doesn't design them well and you shouldn't buy from them like they they don't you know, they don't have the responsibility to be like, hey, is this going to affect someone? Is this going to affect someone's livelihood? Like mm -hmm. sometimes that, you know, like I feel like because you have uh, just with anything like with Twitter and anything else, like when you have a level of anon anonymity, like it doesn't matter if you're hurting feelings because like it's just like, hey, no one's no one, uh, no one's going to on a screen. Yeah. And like no one's going to care what I say. I'm just saying my opinion. Right. And it's like, yeah, but like your opinion can go places if you're not careful. Um and I, we can talk about this more because I think this is a good point, but I have to remind myself that I have a big question about this that I'll talk about later. But like, yeah, hurting feelings can lead <laughs> to like reviews too. And like, especially when it's, when it's not a brand like Hasbro or Dart Zone or whatever, but it's like, hey, this is a person who made this and I'm saying it sucks. Like, how do you yeah. translate that? Exactly. No, I mean, I mean, like there's, there's a way to, to go about things where it's like, in my opinion, don't don't bring up a problem if you're not going to propose a solution. Mm. Then you're just tearing things down. Like I like that. You 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 can say like, oh, this the blaster's grip is not very comfortable, but maybe like if like like shaping it this way or changing this angle could could make it better. A compliment like, sandwich. Exactly. Like make like don't don't just make it like a like a I, I guess like a just a Insult negative fest thing. yeah or or like hypercritical because like I, I know when i make stuff and like every once in a while someone's like oh like why don't why didn't you just do this it's like it does kind of hurt sometimes because you're like i feel like you're not looking at it the right way and i feel like i should respond to this and i just i shouldn't because like you know some people's opinions are just whatever some um, people are entitled to their wrong opinions yes yeah yeah so it's tough like especially if yeah. you're more public than other people are for whatever reason does that does that affect your your YouTube videos at all? Boom, like trying to make honest and like trying to be responsible for like the content you're making and reviews, but also not trying to hurt people by doing so. Oh, absolutely. There's two really big parts where like comes to hurting feelings. There's the side of it where I work with a lot of these creators. Well, by work with, I mean like I do a lot of beta testing for a lot of these creators and designers so i'm usually somewhat i'm usually fairly friendly with them and like i would say friends with them so there's part of me like that doesn't want to hurt their feelings in that regard so and this is where i've really tried to uh because i've come across blasters where i'm not 
a big fan of them, but you have to, I feel like to be a good reviewer, I had to find good things about them. Now I'm not hiding the problems of the blaster. I'm just, I'm discussing the problems of the blaster, but I'm also trying to highlight a few of the good parts of the blaster as well, because there are good things about every blaster. I would say there's something good you can find. There are some terrible blasters out there, but there is something good to be said. And I feel like giving the good along with the bad is incredibly helpful, both for the designer as well as the community, because like, I feel like it gives it a better kind of not middle of the road necessarily, but a, Hey, here is what is up with this blaster. I'm not saying this blaster is trash, but Here's what well, it is. I think there's a lot of use case scenario in there too that like if you're going to review it based on competitive and it's not a competitive thing, like you have to you yeah. have to talk yeah. about it that way. Oh yeah, like here's a good example for you: the rail cleaner by Domachevsky. That thing is so quirky and very. It's like a niche in a niche. Like mm. you cannot judge that on like the foam. Pro do, do you want to just explain like generally what the rail cleaner is for? people who might not know you got to watch boom's channel <laughs> <laughs> the rail cleaner is the cylinder shell fed four dart shotgun from domachevsky With like a giant motor flywheel shotgun what a mouthful uh, no it didn't have that giant motor that was the moto tier oh. the moto tier i'd argue actually is competitive yeah that's what confused right me because i was like i thought you right. said it was but gotcha. and I, I feel like no yeah i, I feel like the the uh, Moto tier is a good example of what you're talking about with constructive feedback, where people were basically saying like, "Yeah, it's it the the shell the shell's just flying out the side the side is just absolute <laughs> giggle factor." But I really wish yeah. this was able to take a band blasters cage because it already takes strife cages, and mm-hmm. Domashevsky went back and re like redesigned the the yeah. cage area so that it's able to fit, and now you have a shell ejecting german typewriter basically no he didn't he didn't do that he did not do that oh, oh that wasn't <laughs> That's him not what happened <laughs> no somebody else Oof. designed the uh uh, uh a- edited his uh cage frame to work with uh van blaster <laughs> just like oh, oh hold man. up before I- you take that <laughs> i thought it was just super super stressed just taking a dremel to it no no that's what i did oh. i took a dremel to it <laughs> so super stress was the one who who actually did the cage thing. No, no, different person. How many Still rail cleaners no. are there? Let's take a Dremel to this and get get off the tangent. What what was oh we talking no, about? I'm, the other I'm just trying to explain that that it's an example of people saying what they like about the blaster and how it can be improved. And hopefully the no, designer like, taking that and incorporating that into the design. When you're not only being critical and when you're saying, hey, I do like this, but I wish it did this, it's giving the designer reason mm-hmm. to actually change it versus, oh, even if I don't think that it's true, if I get a ton of negative feedback, it's going to make me less willing to design something. Like, right. It's going like, to affect and, your and mindset. You might, just, you, you might just dismiss the opinion altogether. Or you might just, okay, I won't do any more for this blaster. It's dead now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, there's a few that I'm I'm thinking of right now, but I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> we're we're not gonna step on any toes gonna, right now. Yeah. You specifically on Reddit, user, you know, 
<laughs> yes, you, listener. The blaster you designed. I don't like it. All right. Back to what I was saying about the rail cleaner, though, and reviewing things based on what they're designed for. Because that blaster was designed to be niche and shell-fed in a cylinder, like, it's hard to complain about, like, well, this thing does this because of the shells. Like, you can say that it's slower to reload, but, like, getting mad at the rail cleaner for not being a Foam Pro Tour competitive blaster is silly because that's not what it was designed for. Like, Mm -hmm. it's designed to be a fun and silly blaster that like I do think is somewhat practical somewhat for it has its use case. but yeah, it has its use case. So, uh, and this is similar to what I did for the Neo blast review that I did. I judged it based off of other off the shelf flywheel blasters. Uh, so I'm not judging it against 3d printed hobby blasters. I'm judging it against what is it designed for? It's peers. And how does it, yeah, and how does it compare on that? So when I use my little grid rating system, I've got essentially like four quadrants. You've got from left to right, you've got fun versus, excuse me, from left to right, you've got competitive versus, oh, what's on the other side of competitive? Uh, Playful or fun? No, fun is with boring, right? Silly? Fun and boring is, (laughs) yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Um... Competitive, yeah, so from one end, oh yeah, sorry, from left to right, you've got fun versus boring. And in my opinion, that's like the most important line that you can be dealing with is fun versus boring. Mm -hmm. And then from top to bottom, you've got competitive versus silly. So you can be all the way at the bottom silly, but still be all the way to the left on fun. Mm -hmm. And you could also be really high up on competitive, but also boring. Like, I'm going to say I'm looking at, like, the Nexus Pro and the Tryon and every other pump-action off-the-shelf blaster. It's really cool that we have them, but there's a lot of them. So, like, because I'm ranking them against each other, it's almost harder to get a better score because there's so many of them that do the same exact thing. So it's harder for one of them... Or it's harder for a new version of that to stand oversaturation, out. Oversaturation, yeah. When, yeah, because of oversaturation. Whereas you get things that are unique, and there's not much that does what that thing does, which is why you still see things like the Spring Thunder occasionally, and you still see other silly designs out there because there's not much like it. So there's more of a reason to go with something like that if that makes sense i think i I went off on a tangent (laughs) on that last one i think i think quickly to kind of wrap that up too is like i think in the stage we are as a hobby like with everyone kind of being able to sell blasters really easily compared to in years prior and especially with like 3d printing and uh being able to somewhat mass produce machined hardware um that sometimes and especially i know i do this for me coming as a, as a product designer is i view things a lot through that like what's the demographic what's their target audience like what's the goal they're trying to achieve and honestly like sometimes blasters are just made because someone wants to make something fun and sometimes like you have to be like yeah if that's what you're trying to do like then then it works because like or or not even that it's fun that they just wanted to make it um and I right, think sometimes like it could we're just always be like a feat of engineering in a sense. Yeah, and it's like sometimes we're always like, but yeah, but, but like, is it worth buying? And it's like, it, 
sometimes like that isn't isn't like I think sometimes people people hark on that too much when it's like I just want people to have the ability to have it if they want it, but I'm not trying to make money on it. I think there are there is a community within our hobby space that is somewhat like that. That like, hey, if you want to make it, you can, and I'll like help you get the hardware and like get you the files. But like, I'm only making money so that way like when i make the hardware like i'm not just like giving it to you for free um yeah but then there's also people that are like hey i want to make the next talon claw and i want to make money on that and i think that's also different Mm. i think sometimes if like if you know that's the goal then like you can be more critical on that because it's like if your goal is to make something to like sell and to bring to market i think that's different than like and i don't know domachevsky's like kind of reasoning for some of those but if it's just like hey i wanted to make something crazy then it's like, you, yeah, you kind of have to be less critical on that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely, because you're grading some, you're grading the blaster essentially on what it set out to do, right? Like, and again, this is where a lot of nerf and like company-based products get judged more harshly, especially when they come mm-hmm. out the gate saying, "Let's use Ultra," for example, like coming out the gate saying this is the best like farthest flying or whatever it's like we're judging it more harshly because you set out to do this and you are failing to do that and because they are marketing it like there is no question because they are a corporate entity that their goal is to make money on it you know right whereas like a hobbyist is different and i'll bring this up i mean i'm pretty sure like i know the answer to this so like i think we can all agree that like Generally speaking, we treat 3D printed blasters a lot lighter than we do like um, store bought stuff. Would you, would you all agree? And in, in for most cases, I would say so. Like there's you, there's an acceptable level of jank with 3D printed stuff. Yeah, yeah. To to go off of that, would you say that as the community we tend to be hypercritical, especially on store bought blasters? Um. Oh, absolutely. Would, would you at least? Okay, I I will say this. You you're comparing basically a design team and like an engineering team, who's being paid to do what they do. So right. there's like some barrier to entry in terms of competence, hopefully. Whereas ninety percent of the time, these community blasters are being being made by someone in their mom's basement, like on a computer. Like that's for sure. You and then, can't which, really which is, compare like apples to oranges in that way. Yeah, I, I guess that's the best way to put but it. I would also say that the hobby, the hobby blasters are designed for the hobby. Exactly. Nerf blasters are not designed for the hobby. Right. So there's two caveats to that. I think there is that side where, hey, like this is a company that's producing it in large mass production, and they should have a level of quality and control that like we can trust. Uh, or that we should right, be able to which trust. is why I think. Do you think everyone is hypercritical on the warden when which it first released? Warden? I don't know if they. The, the warden was, was the the, the rough that cut was one the that rough that cut was, that kept breaking. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, no. I mean, for sure that that is definitely a blaster that breaks repeatedly. I don't necessarily consider that to be unfairly harsh. Yeah. Because the blaster is breaking. Unfairly harsh, I would say, is something like. Getting mad at the oh, what was that like rotating disc zombie strike blaster, like the angle grinder one? The oh angle yeah, one? yeah, the one like getting mad at that blaster for like not performing well when it's like the okay, Reaper has like multiple ammo gimmicky. types. 
Yeah. Are you talking about the Rev Reaper? No, 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 no. The angle grind. Oh, I thought it, it, it shoots had, like, it had, like little like, foam It had like different barrels that you would switch between. Huh. And it spun. I don't yeah, remember. It looks like an angle grinder. Yeah. Like or or also the thing where someone's like, hey, this blaster is like underperforming. And it's like don't like and we're gonna be hypercritical. And it's ghoul like ghoul grinder. Ghoul uh, Oh yeah, that sounds very obvious now that you say it. <laughs> yep. And it's like, well, if it just needs a new spring, if it just needs like a stronger spring, how is it any different from like the the decade plus of like obviously again we're in a different space where we're 3d printing blasters and have blasters made for us but like you know when it was like oh this is a blaster that shoots foam arrows not darts well i'll cut the i'll cut the barrel off and put a pvc coupler on it and now i'll make it work like i wasn't like oh hasbro screw you for making this not specifically for me you know like i think that's i think like maybe the mindset has changed because I don't remember, I don't, and like obviously, sure, there there is the thing where blasters are come out broken, or now Nerf isn't using real springs; they're using plastic springs, which is pretty like you know it's pretty annoying, and it seems like things have changed since they moved from China to Vietnam in their production. That like there seems to be a level of was it Vietnam or India? It might have been India. I think I'm thinking of uh, Transformers. I think moved to Vietnam. That's right. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it, it is India. Um. But it's still like switching factories, switching countries. There's like both of those brands have seemed yeah. to see a level of lower quality production. Um, so in some ways, I think like it is it is somewhat valid. But when it's like, hey, anything this brand does, just to we'll just shit on it. And it's like, is that worth doing? Because at the end of the day, like there is value to having these brands on shelves. And like anytime Dart Zone does something, if we're just gonna shit on them, like they could easily take half darts off the shelves. And then like that alone is almost worth them being around. And like right. if we're gonna if we're gonna make a company not wanna touch us because we're such a like volatile community, I think that is damaging. And right. that's what like I, really frustrates me. Oh, I agree. I mean, you can look at the way that the community has reacted to the Mark one point two. The uh, Mark Four. Yeah, the Mark IV yeah, is like thing people that are like, came out. this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yep. And I'm like, I, I'm being hyperbolic here, but it's like, yeah, man, hey, we just saw some pictures of it. Like, let's hold some, let's hold our, we don't have to be nice about it, but we don't also have to like shit on it either. Like, yeah, it's like the hate train is a little excessive, but I, I was about to say, like talking about uh, being hypercritical was um the Mark 1.2. Um, Mark 1.2 and I think that. Foam Pro Tour together. Yeah. Uh, di you, you mean the Dispute Pro Tour. Um, Just everything. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, I, it's funny. Right. But, like, it does hurt their brand. So, I mean, and there's also the trick of with this whole hate train and everything, this is where it gets tricky for the reviewer because, like, the opposite side of overhating something is obviously downplaying something's flaws. And that can happen a lot when you're dealing with companies that are sending you blasters for free and they're wanting you to do a review on something. And by review, they mean free advertising, take... essentially. Yeah. Micro, micro influencers. Yeah, and are you going to take the risk of burning that bridge by complaining, making a video that's just complaining about the blaster? Whereas if you gave them a more positive review, they'd be likely to send you something else down the line. 
there is that aspect of it where you have to, as a reviewer, be careful with how you review things. Because if you're going to highlight something as being really bad, they might just cut you off of communication. Yeah. Right. Because... You might just be burning bridges. Well, yeah. And I know yeah. that happened with Nerf. And several of the uh, Nerf troopers back in the day to where uh, Nerf used to send people blasters for review. But once the non-favorable reviews started coming, they just cut off communication. Yeah. And yeah, that's the irony in there, right? Because what they're saying is they want you to have an honest opinion. But what they really want you to have is an honest opinion that's in a positive light because they don't want you to just shit on them. They don't want negative because, press, yeah. Yeah, because it's going to be bad press. And I think there's the opinion that reviewers and hobbyists shouldn't have any sort of contact with marketing or corporate because they're going to make money off of us. And there is a degree I understand from some opinions where like we have a certain ground in this hobby space that we keep away from corporate that they don't approve of. And if we allow any budge, they may kind of hurt our hobby so i get it from that regard but i also see a level of extremism where like they don't want any sort of contact whatsoever so i like when is that like why is that now a thing where people are like oh like yeah. this is just a marketing ploy i'm like it's always been yes. a marketing ploy <laughs> because they're a yeah. company like this is capitalism you may not like it but that's just what it is like <laughs> don't buy nerf blaster then like i don't know what to tell you like Oh, you said the G word. Oh, I did. Oh, I said, oh, boy, I got to... <laughs> ready, ready. Blaster. Okay. You, you, must, you must do... Uh, what is it? A Hail, Hail Mary? <laughs> yeah, it's three Hail Marys and four Our Fathers and Some bl- Lord's blast, Prayer or something. So something with blasters, blaster starts. <laughs> Best blaster. Blaster. Hail Dart Zone, full of grace. <laughs> the chili darts are with thee. <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't know like because i think that's a whole thing and that's kind of where i wanted to go with this this whole episode was like when when is criticism valid and when is it detrimental to a brand and to us because i think sometimes people don't realize that like sometimes being hypercritical actually hurts us in the long run because again it's like yeah. the company doesn't want to if a new company that's coming in like a zuru or a dart zone or whatever is like hey, we're not going to make blasters for y'all anymore. We're just going to make the store, the general store stuff that we have been doing for a couple of years now, the the general like kind of adventure for stuff, which I'm sure some people are probably still like, yeah, we'll just modify that. But it's like you lose the legitimacy of this hobby. Like right. for a hobby that's now starting to come It's not like you're going to have an XT60 connector on the inside of the Mark III's battery compartment. Yeah. You're not going to have that Or, or being yeah. able to have like events that are sponsored that like they can actually fly competitors out to, which like it sucked they were only able to do it for half the competitors of the Foam Pro Tour, but it was still like they flew people out. Like that's kind of cool. And there was like a chance to win money, which that's not really why why I cared. But like it, what it does is it hurts anyone else trying to do that in the future if they decide if if dart zone if in the in if in the marketing world dart zone was like yeah we don't want to do anything like that again because it actually hurt us then it's also going to hurt anyone else who may like look into that like if if like gopro wanted to do it or if walmart who who was trying they were trying to get walmart as a sponsor for for foam pro tour and i don't think they ended up really getting it. yeah because walmart has a deal with dart zone and adventure force and everything so yeah sure i think sometimes it's like Oh, cool. We'll just make blasters on our own. We don't need them. But, like, 
we kind of do like we we get new blood through them you know we get right. new, new faces new yeah. new people because to, everyone to gets the, a nerf blaster at some point to use the word that um with reviews uh, i'm sure is very icky to to people who want to send out products for review is exposure um this does give mm-hmm. us a lot of exposure yeah and we yeah. are not paid by the exposure that's not how this works yeah and but... i'm sure there's a side of people that don't want us to become like professional or like sponsored or like a pro league or something there's probably a decent well, amount of people that want us to stay super hobbyist but like right i i feel like there's a balance i feel yeah. like it, it comes it comes back to like in terms of reviews when you're getting sent a product there is some implicit bias that ends up happening because yeah again you don't want to burn that bridge <laughs> and you've gotten free stuff as captain xavier says and yeah. everyone likes free so when stuff you take a reviewer when you take a reviewer out on a boat there's the implication because of the implication but they <laughs> won't because of the implication <laughs> Yeah, um, so, I'm so glad you got my reference. Yeah, otherwise, that would have been like, I mean, it wasn't too bad, but like, I'm clueless. If you only half knew it, it would have been really weird. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean for sure. But then also like, it. Um, let's say I was I was doing a bunch of YouTube videos, and I am someone who's an old school guy, and have I'm not super into competitive games, but I've done them, and I tend to like if I was offered mm-hmm. to do them, and then if it was like, hey, you're sponsored now, we're flying you out to different parts of the country to do competitive events i probably would do it because like sure like i enjoy doing this hobby and stuff but if i had a youtube channel and i saw my demographic is mostly like 13 like 9 to 12 year olds who and like when i went to wars kids came up to me and were like hey like i bought my first nerf blaster because i saw you do a review it's like what what is your responsibility then is your responsibility to pander or to make content for those fan for that demographic and to also make the reviews based on them, or is your is it your responsibility to make reviews based on who you are and what your needs are? And I think a lot of reviewers in any industry, especially ours, have juggled with that in the past. Like, do I do I make myself more more ch- like child friendly, or 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 right. my content more based on that, or do I stick to to who, what I do and my own opinions and my use cases and and view it through that lens? And obviously, like, we've seen that in the hobby to where we have people in the hobby to where you can tell by watching their videos, this is geared more towards the, I would say, more generic audience of people going out to the stores and buying glasses. And yes, they'll have hobby stuff on there, but you can tell that it's geared towards the people out there buying like official nerf blasters or dart zone blasters and whatnot. Like right. you, you can tell that like, their audience is going to be from that like nine to 13 range, as opposed to an older I would say, range, like, the 13 yeah. and up range. Or on the other side of that, like, I can look at my like, making a bunch of gel ball Good. videos and they don't do gel ball. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah. like I don't. We don't talk about gel ball. <laughs> we don't talk about gel ball. I, oh my god, my singing voice is horrible. Yeah, because I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to like. Sh- I'm not trying to point any fingers. But that's like another way where it's like, oh, like they're purposely yeah. now making this for a certain clientele or for a, for a certain yeah. sponsor, even though like I've played events with them and know that they don't do that, or at yeah. least they have it in the past, and it's like. I mean, that's sometimes yep. the game you play when you're on YouTube. But again, that, is that the yeah. responsibility angle where it's like, are you responsible for that content? I mean, my audience is almost 
strictly 18 and up looking at my youtube really? analytics yeah huh. like my 13 to 17 range is at zero percent so i'm not sure what's your subscriber count again uh my subscriber count is currently 2,244. okay okay yeah so i mean yeah it's so, still pretty impressive I'm that's not, interesting i'm not a large channel i'm still a rather small channel but like but, i but guarantee still, you like those numbers it's interesting that you have such a high range is 2000 still a decent amount of people yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, like picture that many people in a room and that's like, well, that's a lot of people. But that also yeah. makes sense for my channel because my channel is very much geared towards the hobbyist. I was like, going to say that, yeah. My channel is not geared towards, well, first of all, I almost exclusively review 3D printed stuff. Yeah. So off the bat, the stuff on my channel, you're not buying off store shelves. So you can already cross that one off. Secondly, the stuff I'm reviewing is usually way more expensive than the stuff that you're buying off the shelf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's why the the reviews, I think, are important because it's like, I don't know, like, I don't don't know. I don't know if like your perspective would change or would like, I don't know if your like perspective would aid to doing Nerf Blasters if that's not something you do, you know, where it's like you might as well let someone else right. do that who is more suited for that content if that's just not something you normally touch because it's like you're not going to... You're already going to be in kind of a, a, a state of bias that's going to be hard to like yeah. view more objectively. And I'm sure you can, but like where and how and why you review things is also important. Like Everyone has their own different mm-hmm. reasons for buying things because we're... You know, oh, yeah, we're, we're dumb, like dumb animals that like shiny things sometimes. And sometimes if a blaster <laughs> has a giant cobra head at the front of it, it doesn't matter if it shoots five feet. It's cool that it's got a cobra head on it, you know, so and it's it like has a brand name on it. Yeah. So cough, cough, uh, and, yeah, when you're a child too, like, right, like Fortnite. Oh, I like Fortnite, you know, and it's like, um, yeah. I think like we come from different perspectives as people and whether that be how we play or, or where we play or even our careers, like that also impacts how we view yeah. blasters too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Again, as I, as I've kind of been saying, there's no right answer here. Like it's all, it's all up mm-hmm. to perspective. Right. <laughs> we, we at the dark jam podcast offer no answers, only questions. <laughs> what, what's been the way we've seemed to do things. What, what's here. the Adam is Savage the quote or is like, I, I substitute your rea- or, I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> that's that's the basis of that. Because I know, like, for me, as, as as a product designer, I look at things completely different than someone who's just like, I want performance. Like, I, I just want it to work. Well, here's, here's a good question, then. As somebody who does design work, if you see a review of your... Pr- designs like what is it you're looking Mm. for in a review like we know we have like we've given my perspective as somebody who does reviews but from a designer's perspective like what is it that you're looking in a review especially when it comes for something of your own product so for me with my own product and you mentioned this earlier where you mentioned doing a review of a product or a design or a blast or whatever it may be versus actually interviewing the designer and asking their opinions on it and why certain things are a certain way. But from my perspective as someone in an industry where 
especially when you're working for a company, whatever you're producing is, let's say it's Ryobi, it's a Ryobi product. It's not a Spudspadoni product. So your work has to stand on its own. And you can't always just be there to be like, well, the reason why this happened, the reason why I put this there is. And so as much as I also agree, like for me, it's hard to have criticism when someone just doesn't straight up understand something. It it should be your goal to make it well-established, make the semantics make sense, which is like, you know, when you hold the grip, does it, does everything make sense? Does do the button layouts, do they make sense? That's like kind of the semantics where it's like, it should you should be able to understand something without someone having to spoon feed you that information. So for me as a designer, I I understand it that way. When I see reviews, um, it's tough because as much as I think we're a performance or, or a fun factor related hobby, I think sometimes we overlook certain things like aesthetics, how something is designed, how parts are, especially when you're building a building a blaster, like how parts are laid out and like how easy it is to build it, um, which I think some people have started to do now, now that we have 3D printing. Um, but like, I've always harked on like grips. Like, is it comfortable to hold? If it's not ergonomically friendly, then like I, for me, I could care less if it shoots 250 FPS. I can find plenty of blasters that do that, you know, that, that have a better grip. So it's like, for me, the entry point is always the grips first. And there are so many blasters out from the 3D printing side that can do the same things that like, really, that should, I wish that was, you know, I wish it was easier to make good grips, really. Um, But, you know, I I don't, and I just generally don't see a lot of really controlled testing. Like, I do sometimes cringe when I see FPS readings and and accuracy readings where like, hey, we're going to shoot at this target. And it's like, yeah, you're going to shoot at the target. But every time you prime... You're switching up your your iron sights, you know. Like exactly, I want to yeah. see someone put a blaster on a vice and just prime it that way. Thank because, like, you. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, like I I see a ton of accuracy tests from people that are just like it's your okay. How much of this is the blaster's inaccuracy versus your experience as as a, a player? Like maybe you're just learning how to compensate for uh which i think goes back into we mentioned bradley phillips right um yeah Mm -hmm. uh the aussie the aussie sniper himself he specifically makes it a point to keep the dot on the on the center of the target and wherever it hits it hits yeah which i'm glad he at least does that and he's doing it at range so it's actually much more noticeable than like and I'm not, again, this isn't to point any fingers, but there's plenty of people who do like range or accuracy tests at like 30 feet away. And it's like, well, it's kind of hard. Or like to the like, end of the hall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, he, you know, and, and Bradley Phillips does well with what he does. I would does. also say that like those 30 feet, those 30 foot ranges, I would say there's nothing wrong with doing a 30 foot like accuracy test for like off the shelf stuff. 100%. Or at least like nerf stuff, stuff geared towards kids. That makes sense because yeah. you expect like That's 30 feet engagement yeah, distance exactly like that makes sense but like we're not taking like caliburns or like a caliburn at 30 feet is not a what i would consider a proper accuracy test and look i'll admit i did accuracy tests of just me aiming at a target which yes there's a reason i don't do them anymore <laughs> because one i'm not exactly a good shot so <laughs> it, it it made me look bad it also <laughs> just seems secondly, annoying to record 
Yeah, because you have Incredibly to put so. out the camera and just walk over and show her all the hits. Mark each shot on edit, you know? Yeah. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. it, it depend. obviously it depends on what you're using, but I agree, yeah. It's like, if you want, like, com- an accuracy test, like, it, it's more of a, let's see how accurate I can be with this blaster. Right. Like, that's more of what it is. Yeah, that's actually and, what like, it is. Here's the thing. I don't think that these accuracy tests are exactly that helpful for our community because it's still a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Or I would argue it's not a controlled environment. Like you're, I, you're not, yeah, you have way too well, many it's, variables it's, at play. It's controlled as much as I've seen. And I'm saying that mostly from yeah. like Bradley Phillips. Like he... Yeah, there's still way too many variables, but it's the most like, controlled I've weather seen. Weather and everything, yeah, yeah. Like at least in his case, like he's shooting the same way. He's like aiming down the he's aiming on the iron sights the same way. He's not compensating for shots, so he's not trying. He's trying mm-hmm. to what is it? Is it? It's the difference between accuracy and precision is a lot of what that is. Right. And you know he's using the same blasters with different darts, so he's trying to do some variables. But again, every time you prime that thing and every time you lean back down again, you're introducing different variables every time, and it's like it's controlled enough for what we need because we're not like hyper hyper criticizing like every you know it's not like we're not doing like hyper aerodynamics in an engineering field here. So it's right. good we're enough. Not, we're not looking for sub MOA groupings like <laughs> it's not actual firearms at like hundreds you know whatever yards or whatever you know it's yeah but still it's like that's why i say it's, it's about as accurate as we have done or can get and i don't know it's 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 tough because like uh, and well here's the thing in, in, as far as my because i like i already said that's controlled environment i really feel like that exact like all right we put it in here yes you'll see how accurate the blaster is but getting that exact feel for it on the field with perfect darts and everything is that as useful as taking it to a game you you brought up something earlier and i forgot and that's what i was trying to remember but you brought up the point that you're testing the accuracy of the user in a lot of cases you're not testing the accuracy of the blaster a lot of the times and while that's cool, mm-hmm. well, it's cool for like someone on YouTube to be like, oh, look how accurate I can be. Look how many cans I can knock over. Or look how many times I can hit this target. It's or like, like that's not really. Can reload. Yeah, that's not really testing the blaster. It's testing your use case you. scenario on the blaster and that you're not everyone, especially if you're someone who's been doing this hobby for like a decade or so, where it's like, you should be good at this, you know? Like, but how am I going <laughs> to be if I'm like trying to get into this hobby and I'm trying to buy my first blaster? You know, I think sometimes if I'm, that's if I'm where, one like, of the youths, yeah, the youths, um, <laughs> and and like I don't I don't know how you would test it otherwise. Like, how would like is there a way you can test like how quickly you can like look behind a tree and take a pot shot? You know, like like that's something I do regularly when I'm in, at a North War. Or how quick, how easy it is, is it yeah. to like look from behind this cloth barrier and try to tag the top of someone's head twenty feet out behind another barrier? Because that's what it's going to be like in the conditions. It's yeah. not going to be a large open target that's a hundred feet away, um, and it's like, do you do you, especially if it's like a blaster that's made for competitive? It's like, do you put it through those scenarios? If it's a blaster that's made for super long range, like a saber, then it makes sense to shoot it that way, right? Because mm-hmm. you're probably going to be shooting people at like more than a hundred feet in most cases. So it's like, 
Yeah, I, I it's tough because like I don't think every range test, I don't think every accuracy test, I don't think all these tests work for every blaster or system. Um, but I don't know. Which, as we said earlier, it's really like using the blaster the way it was designed for. Like, I don't expect these like proton pack rival blasters to be accurate. Like these proton pack blasters are ac- It's accuracy yeah. through volume. Right? Yeah, it's support. Right, like, so it's like, does it work for support? Yeah, like that's what it's designed for. Yeah, like, so you wouldn't do that with that because it's not designed for that. So like, it 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 comes back to a lot of what we've already been saying in mm-hmm. that regard. Right. As someone who's um partaking in a lot of beta tests of of blasters and also is partially <laughs> a designer, I, you know what? I can officially say that now. I am a designer because I hey, ship the go. product that I yeah, design. There you go. <laughs> Congratulations. I can finally say it. Anyway, um as sort of um on both sides of the aisle, um when I'm a designer looking at either a review for uh either my own product or uh, someone else's product, I guess it's like I take the mentality of okay, what would I do differently here? Or what? What should I f- focus on and further refine? Refine that they've done. Um, like I, I'm trying to remember who. Or, like a, a big part of the review of the links was the fact that it it, it didn't need any support material uh, when you were printing it. I and the two pin takedown that, and I think those are like two things that are like aha that is something I should focus on. Um, whereas mm. as uh like reviewing products, I, I guess you could call it like beta testing reviewing products. Um, I sort of look at like how things are designed and like how to better design it, like how to further refine it. Like, um, w- right, like the the Anoid Meowser basically has a uh, cap on the back that um, has to line up with a hole. And it's kind of like instead of just being like, oh, it's hard to line it up as a designer, I can go in and say, oh, if you put like a like a like a ring on here, then it'll align the entire thing together. If you add a notch to it, then you can line it up perfectly every time. Right. So it, it's sort of like, it's really helpful. And this to, is obviously a big yeah. difference between what, or why there is a difference between beta testing and reviewing. And I mean, this is just for personally, for me, for the way that I, I do my videos, I don't make many videos on blasters that are still in beta. Now, obviously you get blasters like, the red herring or some of Domachevsky's designs where they're just like Infinite. constantly in, in beta. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Indefinite like, and beta, yeah. I just kind of get into a situation where I'm like, I've had this thing for months and it's just sitting on my I'm shelf. I'm just going to have to say it's still in beta, mm. but for the most part, I don't review blasters that are in beta because for a reviewing purpose, one, if a blaster's in beta, it's usually not available to people. And, I feel like it's good to if I'm going to review something, I want people to it to be available to people, because um, then it's not so much of a review as much of uh, hey check this thing out, right. kind of deal if that makes sense. Which I mean that's completely fine and legit as well. But like if you're beta testing something, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a review as much as just standard beta testing. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, th- there's there's another thing I will say as like. Like when you sh- when you give a either give or 
a, a product to someone to review or you are watching someone review your product, um, there's the big thing of, well, I figured this will get me more sales or more downloads or more views. Basically, just I, I expect more eyeballs on my stuff. And sometimes that's mm-hmm. that's all people can really want out of a review is just I want more people to see my thing. There, There's another side to that that I don't think has really been discussed too often. Um, going back to, again, the idea of responsibility is is twofold. It's it's one side on the reviewer, and it's also on the side of the person supplying that blaster. And I get it. Again, like I mentioned before, if you're just trying to make something for you, and you're just trying to make it, and you might sell a couple of them to people or like release the files, that's fine, right? If your intention is to be like, hey, I'm going to release this to the large, as large as I can, and get this immediately into the hands of, of production companies to be able to produce this so people can buy it, and so, like, if I if if from your goal from day one is to do that, I think a review or critique of that blaster has to be treated somewhat differently. Because if you're gonna go that design route, you gotta have a responsibility to your consumer base to design for them. Because at a certain point, you can design for yourself as much as you want. But if someone comes to you and they're like, "Hey, I don't like the way this is done. I think this is gonna be a lot better." You now have a decision to make whether you continue with the status quo and believe your design decisions are the right ones or go with your potential consumer base and and go with what they think is right. And that's a balancing act that I think is really hard sometimes to achieve in this hobby space and, and in any product space, really. And whether you do or don't appeal to the critiques that some people who are beta testing or using your blaster say, are you ready to stand up to your claims and and stand up to your word and your design skills or will you deal with the consequences of inaction and i think there's also a difference between people maybe not liking core design decisions that's just up to opinion and small little things that should be fixed or should be ready by the time it's released and maybe it's not right it's like well if it's not like crazy if it's just like hey like this isn't working the way it should or my arm gets cramped when i prime this or this part doesn't line up the way it is it's your responsibility to make sure that's right before it or goes it out to the thumb. public it completely abrades my thumb and if you're not just doing beta if you're like hey this is a full release this is now in the hands of out of darts this is now in the hands of silver fox whatever it may be and you're just not going to make it the way you need to make it, like, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's probably a good idea because you're having people trust. Again, it's your responsibility to make a product that people and it's can your trust. Reputation. It's your reputation. And you have people's money on that line. And it's not only your reputation, but it's then the company you're licensing out of. Because they're not going to come to you. They're going to come to Silver Fox and they're going to come to Out of Darts and ask why my blaster is broken. So it's like, if you're going to make that licensing deal, you need to make sure your stuff is right before it goes out. And mm-hmm. I think there are some people who come into this now who look at like people just like going on Etsy now and selling this stuff where they're like, oh, I want to do that. I want to make blasters. I want to sell And like stuff. not realizing all the back end that goes into it. Yeah. Which like, hell yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Do it. Like, I want to see more stuff out here. And I, I personally, when I did the Aeon Pro, I didn't do beta testing. I took the risk of, you know, putting it out with my own word. And if something bad happened as a result, it would be on my name. And yeah, I mean, you can take that risk. And, and I did. And when I did like my first version of the kit, there were some issues. And when I released version two of, of the pump grip specifically, Anyone who had a pump grip one, I, I tried to send it out to as many people as I could. I, I, I sent out free stuff to people 
because it was like, I know this is on my name and I, I have people's money behind me and I need to make sure they know that like, it doesn't matter what they paid for. I want them to get the best version of this product possible. Right. And that's not up to everyone to follow my footsteps in that. But I mean, that's just one avenue I went down to ensure that people trusted my brand and the products that I was making through it, you know? And again, that's for me as a designer, but I feel very strongly about that. And like, it's great when people love your stuff. It's not great when people hate it because it's not made well. Exactly. Yeah. I I feel like that's, um, I don't remember which episode we talked about that in, but it it was like open source versus like paid files. I feel like that was one of our first episodes. Um, I I think, I think Meeker might've talked about that at one point. Like we had a conversation about that where it's like, maybe it was copycat design. I think it might've been the first episode. I don't even remember, but, but yeah, it's like on one hand. Yeah. I, I get that like open source you could kind of just like just chuck it out into the ether and then say yeah someone else will fix it um mm-hmm. on the other hand it's like you are i wouldn't say misleading but i'll say like you are taking advantage of people's like willingness to to you know go on yeah. board with something and invest their time and effort into and just like assuming and, that yeah, oh maybe, someone maybe, will maybe fix you're it. taking that for granted you're taking that for granted is probably a better way to see that because it's like yeah you're just assuming people will always support that. And it's like, well, until you do it too many times and then people don't want to support that. Right. Like if you just make like a garbage product, no one's going to want to invest the effort into fixing it. Like in the way this hobby is, which is so black and white and so objective and they never like to reel that back. Like (laughs) the minute you're burned, you might just be burned for good. You know? So it's like, and it might not be because you're an asshole. It might just be because your blasters suck. I mean, we've seen in the hobby that, like, it's very difficult to change the hobby's mind on you once you've been given or once the hobby has deemed that you have a certain type of reputation. You're excommunicado. It's incredibly hard to walk that back. Yeah. And in in some aspects, that is justified. Um, in others, it's kind of just like... Is this yeah. really and like, just like I'll, worth like... I'll start this off that like I'm happy that for the most part in like the majority of the interactions I've had with people on and offline, like we, we seem to be a much more inclusive group. And, and yeah. like, especially if you look at like old Nerf Haven days and look at like, uh, I don't know, just like some of the conversation in general back then from people, but also in our hobby, like it's definitely right. a mm. much less gatekeepy kind of community and much more inclusive which i think is awesome but i mean there are plenty of ways where that's still that still exists in in different ways right so it's like you know it, it's it's always going to be frustrating sometimes when you see that and obviously some things are bigger than others but uh i i think it's just like that's just the course of the internet right right like, sometimes the internet just works that way and you have to be able to navigate the negativity and the toxicity to find uh like your tribe and the people you you relate to and really any any group or or hobby or or internet you know community well i mean it's much like anything to where like in the community to where like because you have these different subsets in the community um like the like here's an example like the 50 cal phone balls like the reviewers were constantly saying or hyping up these 50 cal phone balls and yet there are so few clubs that allow them. And it's like, mm. 
And people have started saying, and they started doing this with like the uh, HPA stuff as well, where like, hey, they might not be allowed, like talk to your organizers first before taking this to the field. But like, it's stuff like talking about your response, when you're talking about responsibility, like, or for example, like with the zinc, it's like, if you're doing a video on the zinc, you, I feel like every review on the zinc should mention that you need to be cautious and only use it in areas where it's safe because of what it looks like. Or print it a certain color, you know, like don't like be wary well, that like, like even if it's print printed a black. certain color. Well, like I, in my opinion, even with the zinc, it's still like because of it's got that shape, it's it's dangerous no matter what color you print it in. Oh, for sure. To for where sure. like the zinc. Like you should never take that to a public like a, a, a park game or whatever. Yeah. But, or like these, I would not recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I think the education is important. Yeah, like I think, right. and I think that's if you the go thing that the... reviewers are responsible for. But I don't see a lot of reviewers yeah. doing that. I see that more on Reddit, where it's like if you post something on Reddit that's like spray you painted get, black, you get you'll get a warning. Brigaded, not everyone by people. Which like... I think I think it's harsh. Yeah, you know, like I think it's hard to like understand. Again, if you're someone who's new and have never been in this hobby before, like you just maybe don't get yeah. it. And I think that's why, like, when when kids come through it from YouTube, they're not on Reddit initially, and right. they may never get on mm -hmm. there. They may just follow the biggest YouTubers, and if they never get that knowledge that, like, hey, this zinc looks cool, I like, they're reviewing it. I don't know any of the reasons why it like, can be, prob like, a problem in certain areas. Like, I don't know why spray painting something black is a problem. I don't know why printing something in certain colors is a problem. Like, right. is that the responsibility of the YouTuber as well? I think it should be. I think there needs to be a little bit more education. Right. Like, I'll be honest. And honestly, we could probably go into this in like a, an influencer episode. Yeah, um, maybe. But like th that was a big thing when I was first getting into the hobby is I found Captain Xavier stuff. Um, talk mm. about another person we would love to have on the podcast. Um, yeah. But like his Which I think original color scheme. his opinions on that. He has, he has, he has. almost 180'd in fact. Like yeah. his original yes. stuff was like full like blackout military gear and like black and orange blasters like he'd still have orange tips and like a decent amount of orange but it was like black and orange yeah because he just did like a tour of his shop and showed some of that and was like i don't use these anymore yeah. and i was like right oh, like okay. my my first few um blaster paint jobs were like black and tan and like right that's yeah, that's like a little bit too spicy to be using out in public, and like I. But if you don't I've know, disassembled those blasters. Yeah, the yeah, whole thing was that I it. didn't know. Yeah, that's why. Like I, you know, and I, I think we do a good job in certain areas. Like Reddit, I think does a decent amount of job. I think you know, again, like there's. I won't go into like how it's handled, but like they at least tr like let people know that like that needs to be yeah. like, hey, you need to be careful with how you how you promote this, because that was a topic like a couple almost like a year ago was like what do we do with like paint jobs on this site like because like if someone sees this wrong and thinks that's the way we operate and it promotes to a community yeah, that was the milsim discussion i think feeds to the grapevine again because it's like there are certain communities out there that don't have to worry about that like in certain countries or whatever but like right a lot of us are westerners and like that is a concern like we do have to worry about that so it's all about optics and um i think that's why it's in that case not all the time. I, I, I'm kind of iffy on like if, if product design needs to offer a solution for every use case scenario. But I think in, in situations like this, we need to think about everyone. We need to think about how right. Like I feel like you can't, but like 
you can't think of every scenario, but I think the the Mark the Dart Zone Mark II uh, did a did a decent job of that, uh, which was offering mm-hmm. that like giant orange brick muzzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good. Yeah, exactly. As a reviewer, I think you can go extreme milsimi for some reviews if you disclose that are properly explaining the proper use case like if like because there are communities out there where you can go full milsim or larp or whatever where it's done safely yeah it's a matter of understanding the when and the how so it's not that we're like it's not that we're saying the reviewers should be saying don't ever do this it's more of time and a place. Hey, this is a fun thing to do in this scenario. Right. Yeah. It it's the understanding that like our hobby isn't like computers or something where like generally the the barrier for entry is a little bit higher. It's like we're our hobby's based on mm-hmm. children's toys. So like a large portion of like people coming in are going to be children and they're not gonna understand like those little intricacies that we do. And that's why I think it's important to like not gatekeep, but to educate. Um, which I think is, is definitely, um, I don't know, at least, at least make that known. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's a big, a big proponent of being a reviewer is, is at the end of the day, a lot of what you're doing is educating people on this blaster. Yeah. Or this thing. But I, I guess that's like, we're mainly talking about blasters here. So, so we spent a lot of time talking about reviews and reviewers and, kind of like what we see, what we don't see, what we would like to see. And obviously, like we've done in the past, there's not one specific answer for like, this is the best review because there's so many different variables. But we hope that this is beneficial for people who do reviews, people who are sending out blasters to be reviewed and potential people who want to get into reviewing. Yeah. Because the more yeah. reviews there are, the better it is for the community as a whole because it allows us to have a multitude of opinions to help us draw our own. That's a good way to put it. Right, because like if everyone's coming in with a different experience, then like, you know, you're generally gonna be able to see like um more use cases. Like um so- someone who reviews a blaster that's more focused on the competitive side of things might find a blaster oh this is horrible but someone who's reviewing um a blaster to buy like for like you know like oh do you want to buy this blaster for your kid then they might find that this blaster is actually like really good and it's um yeah it's just kind of like you, you get way more use cases and it's easier to find one that matches your needs um and at the end of the day that's kind of what we want and here's where spud says his famous line of uh like rising tides uh float all all ships rising or tides like, raises all ships no yeah um, that's I was your just famous say, line like, <laughs> uh like i just you know i don't think there's anyone who's like on youtube who's like going to be listening to this anyway and is going to be like oh i need to change the way i review because like of what they said like <laughs> I, we're not saying anyone's wrong here like there is no really wrong answer the whole point we're bringing this up is just kind of to just talk about it because I, I don't really think that many people have really put too much thought into it um, and if anything, it just, you know, makes people think about things and think about, hey, what, what if we try it this way? What if we make our content this way? Will this be better? Um, what if we're, what if we, you know, review it in this way um, or, or critical here and less critical here, you know, just changing things up and seeing where things go. Because 
at, at the best of times, this hobby is about how we can adapt and change and overcome things. And you know, when we stay stagnant, that's when things get boring. And I like when things when we when we try new things and explore. So always moving. Yeah. So. I don't know. I thought I thought it was just a fun conversation where no one's really wrong, no one's right, and there's not really a conclusion. Which I mean, honestly, I'm surprised that Boom's able to wrap that up in a. In Our a way episodes have like, conclusions. Yeah, I, I guess. I know, just realistically, they never do. I, uh, at least this one isn't. I know for sure this one was not. Like there is sometimes a slight hope on other episodes that we do. But, <laughs> um, that is one part. One thing I really enjoy about our podcast is the fact that like. It's just community members getting together and talking about different aspects of our hobby. And it's not like we're sitting here judging the hobby for everything it's doing wrong. It's just a matter of, hey, let's take a moment and let's think we're about it. We're sitting this. on the Dart Jam pedestal looking down on you all. Yeah, we're not we're not a one track <laughs> mind, you know. We we see things we have different experiences. I mean clearly and... judging by how often we go off topic. Yeah, I guess unless we're all just off-topic people, and I think I think actually that is one thing we're one-track minded is that we can all get off-topic. <laughs> we all take the, ex- the, the which exit is off why we topic. do it so often. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> to much uh, joy to the whoever's editing the episode, which much to my chagrin, one, as they would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. It's okay. I'm sure you'll get me back next time. Yeah, one of these days, I'll yeah, I'll do something. I'll put a filter on your audio, make you sound like a <laughs> small child. Look, there's already a hard, people already have a hard enough time distinguishing our voices as it is. Well, that would help. <laughs> have another high pitch, and here's Boom's kid. It's like I just make all oh, your audio a great sound episode, like your child. A great April Fool's yeah. episode. We had an idea for one, but it just oh, didn't end up man. working out because uh, we yeah. didn't have enough time and scheduling. Yeah, that'd be fun. We could try something like that. Maybe maybe we'll have Boom's kid and Brandon's kid on for an episode in like four years, and then my <laughs> younger brother and my nephew. Oh, oh my god! And my be... axe, <laughs> and I'm Meeker. But anyways, yeah. as we've already gotten off track in our outro, <laughs> we hope that this has been beneficial for you. We hope you just enjoyed kind of hanging out with us as we have this conversation. Oh, oh but, uh, and on topic, yeah. leave a review for the podcast. Yeah. Yes, leave us a review. Give us an FPS. Let us know what you uh, think. FPS measurement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's good. What's our What's our what's podcast our FPS? FPS? Yeah. What range should we get on this? Which is good because there's really <laughs> boom, no boom. Wrong where, answer. where do we fall on on the square? Where do we fall on the square? Oh, oh my gosh! Boring and <laughs> and trash. Boring and silly. I, I don't think we're very competitive. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh my god! I'm pretty sure uh, Detroit Dart Talk knocks times. us out of the water. <laughs> yeah. So we hope you all have enjoyed this episode. I'm Boomstick Mods. You can find me on all of my regular socials as Boomstick Mods: Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Instagram. Uh, I'm all there as Boomstick Mods. So uh, Nate, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ns underscore arms. That's I I don't think I've ever spelled this. It's E N N E S arms. Uh but yeah, you can find me on Instagram there. That's primarily where I post stuff, uh, because I'm very bad at keeping up. 
Spud, uh, where, how about you, Spud? Uh, where can okay, they find you? You, you want to do that part? Sorry. Uh, just, uh, yeah. yeah. I got it. Oh, yeah. Old. I wasn't sure if you were done. Um, you can find me as pretty much Spud Spadoni <laughs> on most places on Reddit, uh, on Discord, on YouTube. Um, and Submarino Fabrications is still on Etsy, um, but there may be other stuff coming soon. Uh, maybe some merch. Who knows? Um, and maybe some, some hardware kits coming out at some point soon. So, uh, yeah. But that's generally where you can find me. So, until the next episode, I've been Boomstick. I'm Nate. I'm Spud Spadoni. And we look forward to having another chat with you guys next time. And jamming as many topics into one episode as possible. Oh, that is, that's right. We do have a catchphrase. Mwah. Kiss. <laughs>